Don't tell me everybody goes head first. Everyone goes head. Nobody really. goes head first anymore. Yeah, no, it, it's just not efficient compared to going head first. So he changed the entire sport, and he came up with that one that one switch. So, wow. so creativity, creativity is like the, the the biggest thing I think. Like that that sets the part guys like Michael Jordan or Floyd Mayweather. Thanks for hopping online, man. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I just, I was just the other day looking through uh, me and Al, Al. So this is pretty much me introduce you guys. This is my co-host, Al. He's also my uh, brother-in-law through Ali. Um, and we, we kind of started, started this thing a few weeks back. Um, kind of started with the whole quarantine thing. Like we wanted to get together with a bunch of friends online, live, and just hang out. Um, and then it spiraled into like, doing this podcast thing um and it's been pretty good so far i mean we just chatting with our friends that are doing different things um and have different passions different projects that they're working on um right. and, and just been going from there um yeah bro, it's a uh, pleasure to meet you man thanks for coming through just to hang out you know for a bit there's really no structure to this like bilal has been saying we've just been finding interesting individuals people that are doing cool things within our network and just like hey let's talk to them for an hour and see what we get out of it so we right. appreciate you taking your time man just to come and hang out yeah i got nothing but time right now which is, <laughs> which is like really different for me like i'm not used to this so it's a, it's a new experience for me <laughs> well let's let's I mean, you want to start so like, there? Yeah, like so, fitness, right? Just at that at that level, like you, the gyms are closed. So, yeah, like has that has that like? Are you trying to do something different or? No, I mean, like this is what I do. Uh, you know, I start I started the business like two years ago, and so I'm learning a lot about business, you know, uh, over the last two years, and this is just one of those things, like. Uh, like the thing the, the number one thing i've learned is that it's just up and down it's constantly up and down so you have highs and you have lows so just one another low and just gotta ride it out um but thankfully the way my business structure is like uh it's not really affecting me a lot like i know i know people like own studios and stuff and lost their studios um in this time frame like it was just they, they couldn't recover from the hit so thankfully you know like i wasn't in that type of situation um so so far, so so good. Just kind of writing it out. That, so you do you do a lot of like personal like one on one then? Like you don't have your own facility. You you kind of use other facilities to. to yeah, do pretty much. Stuff. Um, we travel all over. Uh, like I've I've gone as far as Dubai to do work. Um, Houston, Montreal, uh, all over the U U.S., Chicago, New York, Philly, up and down the East Coast. Now, what is um, it exactly that you? you your company does because it's more than just fitness it seems like a little bit more in depth than that yeah so we like our approach is um we approach fitness through the nervous system right so typically when you go to the gym and you work out you're really just focusing on the movement aspect right whether you're lifting weights you're running whatever the, the exercise is you're playing a sport whatever right you're just focusing on the movement aspect but Movement is actually a three-step process. You receive a stimulus, whether that's auditory, tactile, um, visual, uh, regardless of what it is. You process that information, 
and then you execute the movement. So what we do is we take all three steps into account. So we, we tweak the, the stimulus, we tweak the processing, and in turn, you'll find out that that will actually change like the movement patterns. Um, so that's kind of like how, how it all started. Uh, I've been in the fitness industry and the health industry since I was 15. So I started working in the hospital when I was 15, um, started up in the kitchen. And then uh, as I was graduating high school, um, talked to one of my mom's friends who's a physical therapist and that's kind of like what I wanted to go into. So I started working in PT clinics when I was really young. Uh, went to college, studied kinesiology to get all my um, credits to go kind of transition to physical therapy school. And the main goal, like from the start was to work with kids with special needs. So I wanted to work with that population group. I really enjoyed working with kids. And um, the cool thing about like physical therapy is that unlike all the other medical fields, it's the one field where your patients always get better. Like they might stay the same, but they're, they're most likely going to get better. You don't really don't see people get worse in like physical therapy. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have that like uh, depressing aspect. You know, you always, you're always moving towards something good um, with PT. So, so yeah, I did that, um, worked, uh, worked in physical therapy clinics, graduated with a bachelor's in kinesiology. And I had all my prerequisites done for physical therapy school. And I started working with uh, special needs kids and I got sidetracked, so I never applied. Um, so I just kept working with the special needs population. And then um, while working with them, that's when I started coming up with these concepts. Cause a lot of the focus that I did in college, um, like a lot of my option courses were on like neurology stuff. So a lot of like studies that I did my last year in college was all geared towards neurology because it just fascinated me. And so, uh, you know, uh, when I was working with this population, mostly kids with like autism or neuromuscular disorders, a lot of them had issues with like processing, a lot of uh, issues with stimulus. So we would tweak a lot of those factors when we're doing like fitness related stuff with them. I started seeing like, you know, certain things, you know, played out a certain way. Like, sorry. What similarities did you see um, between like, working with um, special needs kids and then now with like athletes, do you see like, I know you're using the same techniques, but did you see as much progress or like, what was the, the relation? Did you see a lot of progress with with those kids that you may see with, with like athletes, like improved performance and whatnot with athletes, it's in their, their sport. You know, you're seeing that those improvements probably when they're, they're training, if they're fighter, when they're sparring or when they're in the, the ring, but, like, what about with the kids? Yeah, it's kind of like a, a gradual process. So it started, like, I was doing this, working with these kids for, like, six, seven years, right? And um, I would notice, like, all right, if I tweak a certain thing, you know, that this would play out this way. And I started reading a lot of research articles. Like, I was, I was always on top of, like, whatever was coming out that was new. So it wasn't like I just finished college and then stopped, like, looking into this stuff. I would go back, read my old textbooks. I would look at certain, like, research that come out if I was trying to get certain results, I'll see what kind of research they did on certain topics, you know. And so I started developing all these different like techniques and I started seeing a, a, a big improvement in a lot of the kids like performance, just in movement, like how they would move. And then uh, the way it transitioned into sports was kind of funny because like in college, if you're in a kinesiology program, everybody in the kinesiology program like wants to work with uh, professional athletes. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, I'm going to work with pro athletes. That's what everybody said in school. Yeah, I was, like, like, the only one in class that didn't want to do that. I had a lot of friends that, like, their intentions were either to do, like, pre-med kinesiology and then get into sports medicine. And that was, like, 
all of their dreams going into it. Yeah. And then I think a lot of them actually did end up in PT. Like that's that sort of where they ended up. Um, yeah, it's funny because like I, 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 never, I never had a desire to work with a pro athletes. And then uh, one of the facilities I was working at, they had a lot of like high tech equipment and stuff. So um, uh, one day this, this uh, boxer, professional boxer comes in um, with his like agent and he was looking for something different to uh and for training right and so the owner of the company was like you know uh none of us really know anything about combat sports because I, I did a little like a little bit of like muay thai like kind of dabbled in it but i did a lot of like jujitsu so he's like oh you're the only one that doesn't like any com combat sports um can you put something together to to uh impress this guy and at the time i was working uh three jobs so i work i was working wow. overnight yeah it was that was Honest. If anybody, if anybody were they knows, all in knows, fitness or like did you just uh, have three jobs because you needed the? I've always like been on the grind. Like since I was like fifteen, I always had like two jobs. So mm -hmm. this uh, this point in my life is the first time where I don't have like multiple jobs. You know, I'm just focusing on my business. Um, but I was working for Capital One doing corporate security like overnight. So I'd be up all night on computers and um, yeah. Basically, I was just that's when I would do a lot of research and stuff. And so I watched this guy's like uh, fights. Um, and had like three days to come up with something that would like impress him. And uh, the thing I was thinking about, I was like, okay, I don't know much about boxing. There's no way I can show him anything that his boxing coaches can't show him. Uh, he has a strength and conditioning coach. There's like a million of those. Um, I was like, what about the nervous system? Nobody's training that like in sports. So I started putting some stuff together based on the things that I did with like the kids and kind of just kind of tweaked it so that it would gear towards like um, boxing. And so wait, wait, when you say no one's doing it, is no one really doing it? Or this is just like very few and it's not, it's not wait, as like popular. Let's put it this way. Like if you, if you see stuff online, you see someone doing like reactionary training, it might be like one or two drills. There's nobody who does that entire program geared mm -hmm. towards the nervous system. So that's kind of like where my company is a little different than a lot of the other stuff out there. The same way that like you have a, a program that trains like the muscular system, right? Um, you have strength, power, endurance, uh, all these flexibility, right? These are the yeah, they, they typically have their their strong suit. Like uh, there's like there's like you said strength strength training, and then like I'm doing this one online program where it's purely just being able to do the simple movements that your muscles yeah. are and joints are designed to do. Yeah, and so. like those, are, those would be the attributes, right? That uh, mm -hmm. the conditioning coach would train. So for me, like the nervous system has attributes, right? And they're all trainable. It's just nobody really knows like how to put it all together. And that's something like that I came up with for the last like seven years, you know, um, wow. doing it. So like the attributes that I'll train are like uh, impulse control, reaction time, uh, cognitive processing, spatial awareness, uh, creativity. Um, that was a tricky one. Like that took me forever. It sounds like a whole bunch of special ops stuff to me yeah yeah <laughs> like military I, I, training that like muscle memory like it's a, that's what it sounds like to me because hearing it as like the dummy in the room who doesn't know what kinesiology or whatever it was you guys said just the idea of being able to program your body is like fascinating to me like in those minute ways right with like the different training you're talking about like to me it's just crazy how you can get these responses, you know, this, like you're saying the same way, uh, strength and conditioning, um, 
you know, any, any other type of physical training, when you really start training the brain in connection with it all, it, it, it makes a lot of sense and it takes you to the next level for sure. Like I, I, I train Muay Thai and I've always wondered why we would do sparring at the end of class after you're all tired and everything's already sore. And now I'm, I'm kind of putting two and two together. Maybe it's because of those reasons, you know, while your body's already hurt, it's kind of pushing you to use your brain and stress situations i don't know is, is that similar to kind of what what it is yeah that's like again that would be like one element to like um how we would would do a program right so like if i'm working with fighters there's there's a difference between how your body responds when you're fresh and when you're tired so that could be a whole nother like aspect of the training that we do right um so yeah like that like you're saying it it, it it falls into like a lot of that special op stuff a lot a lot of um you know, uh, agencies, uh, regardless of it was government agencies or like sports or whatever, have like implemented these type of things uh, into training, especially in like military stuff, right? Being able to get people to process information quickly, um, respond fast, and because they obviously see the value in it, right? But it hasn't really, nobody's really taken that into sports or in other realms of industries and try to apply it. So like, for me, um, like it's not, we don't just work with like special needs population or high level athletes. Um, every week before this whole like COVID thing hit, I was going to New York um, every Thursday, Friday, and I'll work with guys who, you know, are in Wall Street, um, making quick decisions, trying to make money, work with uh, actors, actresses, celebrities. Um, uh, I've worked with like, I've done this seminars. is something that honestly, uh, everyone can like benefit from like so I was thinking about this the other day and I was like I wonder if pro gamers have some sort of fitness like training that they have to go through like because yeah, now they're one. making now they're making millions of dollars and they're playing video games and their whole thing is reaction time right it's yeah that's what uh, they like see and translating to their hands that's one industry I definitely want to get into because I think it's gonna like blow up in the next couple of years but um yeah it's just, uh, any any this is why I tell clients, regardless of what you do for a living, like I can apply it. So I even had a client, um, he's a consultant, right? Uh, and he was applying for a big position with Google. So he had an interview with Google and he was explaining how the Google interview process was. And it's pretty like strenuous, right? They do a lot of like questions and stuff. And he's like, one thing I really want to work on is being able to answer questions while like listening to the responses and, you know, planning my, my, yeah. responses beforehand you know i want to be able to process that information so we did a lot of drills you know geared towards that while we were working out and he said that it definitely helped him during the interview like he he's he was felt like he was answering questions quickly um even the guys up that that were up in new york like the wall street guys i would do like one or two sessions with them i had a guy come back he actually called the gym and he was like i've never had a more productive day than after doing that session he's like i felt like i was like on that pill like limitless remember that yeah uh, that movie limitless. i think it's different from like your typical fitness right because then your body's strained and then you're you're trying to fight that like that hurt afterwards like oh my body is sore but if you're at the same time working the mind i feel like it's also easy your recovery it probably also helps that it's so, like you feel just better probably yeah, uh, i'm assuming after because i mean i the most is... reaction training thing i've done is probably that game at dave and busters with the lights that pops up <laughs> You just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm so a beast the, at that game. But that's the, um that's the other thing too, right? Like uh I don't know if you guys seen the Instagram page, like every week I try to post a um neural movement breakdown, right? 
and I try to show like, all right, there's guys out there trying to do stuff. And a lot of it's gimmicky um, and how, how that really doesn't work. So like, for example, that Dave and Buster game, right? If you're really good at it, like, why can't you like slip a jab or how come that doesn't help you like throw a punch faster? So a lot of the, the movement-based stuff, right? All the research shows that it has to be skill specific, right? So it's really important that you understand the, the movement aspect and be able to apply that movement to couple it with that, that uh, nervous system aspect. So that's, that's one thing I think we do very well that other people don't. Skill specific. That's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking through everything, because it sounds like you really tailor make, you know, each of these programs for, like you said, skill specific things like the Wall Street guys trying to do this, the boxers trying to do this. So how can I tap into that realm, but now work these deep, these deep seated kind of neuro neurological tendencies? Yeah, we take it, we take it to like a whole nother level. So like, just to give you an example, right? Um, the reason why we've been so like uh, uh, entrenched in boxing versus like other sports, like uh, people who know me know I grew up playing basketball. So like I know more about basketball than, than other sports. Um, but like in boxing, we probably, I mean, we worked with a number of world champions. Like we've, we've come in contact with a lot of like the top level guys. Um, and then, you know, I worked with a couple of NFL guys, uh, one of the Washington Wizards. Um, but like boxing is kind of like where we, we've kind of like built more of a platform. And that's just because, uh, like I was telling you, initially we started with boxing. So that kind of like grew from there. Well, I can't um, think of many things more reactionary than boxing, you know? Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's true. That's at the top of the list probably on a lot of them. But it, it depends. Like uh, for uh, it all depends on how you look at it, right? So for example, I was working with uh, – one of the Denver Broncos last week um, and a player that uh, a college player and they, they are linemen, right? So we're working on their reaction time for sacking the quarterback and like how fast were they be able to react when they had to make the decision, whether to go on the inside or the outside. Right. And we were taking accurate measurements of how quickly they could process the information and explode off the line and get to the quarterback. And we were able to shave that time down as we worked that. So it really depends. It, it could apply to really anything. Basketball-wise, um, you know, like one, one thing I was working on when the Washington Wizards was uh, how fast they were able to blow by the defender on the three-point line, either going right or left, right? And then if the center stepped up, either driving it in or if the center didn't step up, taking a, a short-range jump shot. And we were able to get – uh, accurate reading on his reaction time. But the interesting thing that we found this is like where I was saying, like we kind of take things to like a whole nother level when it comes to like the reactionary training is that if his reaction time was uh, like his reaction time blowing past the first defender was between 0.6 seconds and 0.9 seconds. So it ranged between there, right? And then I recorded all his misses and makes anytime that let's say the center uh, did not step forward. So we pull up for that short range jump shot. If his reaction time blowing past the initial defender was between 0.7 and 0.9, he made the shot 100% of the time. If it was under 0.7 seconds, so between 0.6 and 0.7 seconds, that range, he missed 100% of the time. Wow. So just that change in reaction time of a tenth of a second, like in that range, 
changed whether or not he was making or missing the shot. So those are things that we'll kind of like look at when we're working with athletes or clients, depending on like what kind of So if he took too, if he re reacted too fast, he missed? Is that, yeah. that what that was? What that, what that would tell me is like, if you had a really tough defender and you really had to explode by him and you were a tenth of a second faster than you would on someone that wasn't as tough to blow by, chances are you would probably miss the shot if you had to pull up quickly. Wow. I mean, that's what that kind of translated into. Mm -hmm. um, with boxers, like the, the thing that we've been really uh, good at with uh, fighters is that on the in reasons they were able to get into a lot of these uh, high-level fight camps, which are really tough to get into, by the way. I don't know if you know the boxing industry, but it's basically like a race war. Like you have Russians in one corner and then you have like black fighters in another corner, Mexicans in another corner, right? So like you <laughs> see like, like look at Canelo's camp, right? Like when he comes yeah. out, he doesn't walk out with any white guys. They're all from Mexico. Or if you look at Lomachenko, right? They're all Russian. So it's, it's a sport that's very like um, tight niche, right? Like they're a very tight knit community. Um, somebody once told me that each boxing gym is like a church. So if you go to a different church, you know, people got to like start questioning you. Um, Question your been beliefs. To to, <laughs> yeah, so we, went, we were able to go into a lot of these top level camps um because uh, the one thing that i was able to guarantee a fighter was i'll shave off three tenths of a second off their jab in less than 10 sessions so mm -hmm. i would guarantee that your jab would be three tenths of a second faster which is a significant amount like if you if you understand like it takes a tenth of a second to knock somebody out um that'll shave off three tenths of a second in less than 10 sessions and when i say that a lot of people don't realize that we'll, we'll advertise that but the the, the thing that you know, we don't get a chance to talk about because it, it, it takes a long time to kind of like clarify is that we not only shave off three tenths of a second off their jab um, when they're just reacting, but also when they're processing information. So like we, we found over time, right, um, that if a fighter uh, has to process certain types of information and depending on what that information is, they might slow down by a tenth of a second or two tenths of a second. So their jab would actually slow down based on like what they're processing. So by the time those 10 sessions are up, I guarantee that their jab is 10, uh, three tenths of a second faster across the board. And it's really cool because we'll-, we'll what, are some of, what are the, some of the, the things that you are, the stimulus that you're giving them to, uh, that they have to process, like from varying levels of well, like- that's what I was gonna ask too. Is that like a, a word or is it a, a yeah. is it a color? Is it sight, so, sound or a combination? Uh, so a lot of times what we'll look at is like the type of situation that like is surrounding the movement, right? And how they're reacting. So when you're boxing, right? Or if you're sparring, um, there's different types of scenarios where you're throwing a jab, right? There's one where you just see an opening and throw it. So that's just reacting, right? But if you're at a, a higher level, you're not just like slugging it out. Uh, boxing is chestnut checkers, right? So you're, you're mapping out your opponent's movements as you're, uh, focused on current events that are happening, which you're trying to slip and not get hit. So while you're trying to remember what happened a second ago, can you stay focused and, and still maintain that same speed of the jab? And usually I would say 95% of the time, very rare, in the like seven years I've been doing, maybe two fighters that I worked with, this didn't apply to. Um, they slow down by a tenth of a second when they have to like recall information um, from a second ago. And... Uh, but in yeah. doing that, I mean, you're, it's part of the training, right? Like you're, yeah. you're telling them, like you're so, showing them that when you have to process more, you're slowing down. So let's keep working on that. 
essentially. Yep. And so, uh, and we'll even graph it. So like all the stuff that I do um, is, is we're able to record it. And that's why I tell people too, if, if you're going out there and somebody's training you and using certain type of techniques and they're claiming that you're going to be faster, you're going to process information quicker. If you can't, so the rules of training are what, like there's principles of training, right? If you can't uh, show, if you can't that quantify it, like qualitative uh, with qualitative data or quantitative data, you can't record it, then you, you can't really show that there's a change. And there has to be a progression, right? So mm -hmm. once once you get there, and let's say you are faster, all right, what happens next? Like, how are you going to take it to the next level? So if you can't apply those things to the training, then it's just BS. No, it's yeah. not going to really. I mean, you, and you have to show clients and potential clients that upfront too like hey look this is what we've done this is what we're able to yes yeah, accomplish it's really cool because we'll we'll gather the data on their jab when they're processing different information and we'll graph it all out and if you look at like the onset of the graph if you, if you overlap all the reaction times right whether when they're not processing information they're processing this type of information or that type of information you overlap all the graphs at the onset there's a lot of variance in the graph but over time, by the time we get to the end of that, 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 that guaranteed 10 sessions, uh, they actually start to line up almost perfectly. They start to overlap and follow the mm -hmm. same pattern. So that means that they're, pros they're, they're able to react regardless of what's going on externally and still maintain like that same speed, which is really sure. cool. Wow. So yeah. what are like the underlying keys to doing that? Is it habitual? training is it doing the movement repeatedly while having the stimulus or is it tapping into like certain human nature i, I don't know i'm, I'm trying i'm curious about like what is the method for getting these things done uh i mean we have like we have our protocols that we do that are things that we came like that came up with over the last couple of years and um so we'll we'll implement those but i had a i had a professor in in college um once and he said something that stuck with me like uh, throughout like the rest of my my life when it came to like training in the industry and he said that um training like uh, fitness training is like 10 percent uh technique and knowledge or whatever and 90 percent art mm -hmm. and he, uh, yeah it was like some number like that but it, it, majority of it is like it's, it's art form so a lot of it you know is create like creativity i think you know and uh how can you take that creativity and make it apply to like what you're doing let me ask so. you a question you know that that cap that people wear with the ball on it and they're punching the ball yeah see <laughs> if, you, if you looked at my instagram page you would see i did a breakdown on that like way back um that thing so a lot of times this, this is the thing with like i was saying like gimmicky stuff right um lomachenko right who's kind of heralded as like the cognitive athlete right because he does certain things in his camp and people say that that like translates over um he did like there was like one video with him doing that with that thing on and it blew up like nobody would be doing it if Lomo Lomo hadn't like put it on the video right um my my thing with that was that uh, if you're like a novice and you're trying to punch, it's horrible. Like, cause it's going to throw off your punch mechanics. You're looking around like up, down all over the place. Um, but if you're like a really high level, like fighter, and I've seen some high level guys use it and it looks really cool because they're actually keeping their punch mechanics, their footwork solid. 
I think then, yeah, it's a good thing to like, you know, play around with and, and use. It's like a hobby at that point. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure. I I don't think I've seen it. I mean, maybe I saw it on your Instagram and I didn't recognize. So what is it like attached to your head? It's a ball on a string or something? Yeah, very simple. Picture this. Picture a dad hat. Picture a bungee string. And that is connected to like a little tennis ball or rubber ball. So it's and like as you punch it. it it's like that game with the paddle and the ball, except you're the paddle. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. Exactly. Interesting. No, I mean, I could just right. see people I've punching it in the ball. Like people aren't trained, like it, that it's just throwing them off. Well, he's right. If you see not someone a normal... trained doing it, they're keeping it in front of them. But when yeah. someone who's not trained, it's going all over, the, all over the place, man. Interesting. Interesting. I've I've played um I played basketball as well in high school, middle school. I love basketball. And just thinking back, you know, during this conversation, I can just think of so many things that are, especially in basketball, that are geared towards these little reactionary movements, you know, mm -hmm. um, from, from bouncing two basketballs at the same time, you know, little, little things that we've done since we were kids. So it's interesting, just go back to my point about how it's really like computer programming for your brain. It's really, really trippy to me. Yeah, I tell, I tell people like, um, you know, when I try to clarify like, what it is I do, say, you know, you have your hardware, right, which is your body. That's like your typical training, strength training. I was like, when I'll tell them, I was like, how often do you update your apps, you know, on your phone? Like, that's essentially what I do is I, I'm just updating the software in your brain so that it matches the hardware. Um, if, if you've ever, I think like a good example of like taking someone who does like no, uh, no software update. Uh, and doesn't really focus on nervous system at all. If you just want to look at the most basic uh, kind of like example, it's like take a bodybuilder, right? Bodybuilders build, you know, they look like they can do a lot, you know, uh, strength wise, but in, realistically, they don't have real strength. Like their their strength is is not the same as like if you take a linebacker, you know what I'm saying? It's because that they spend their entire lives like training each mu muscle individually. So these muscles don't know how to communicate with each other. So if you ever sparred with a, uh, they don't have a natural torque or something like of that. Yeah, they, they, these muscles don't know how to communicate with each other. So, so like if you ever sparred or or, or even played basketball with like a big, they're just like clumsy, stiff. Uh, they look strong, you know what I'm saying? But they're not. They, they don't have that real strength, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and like a perfect example of that is like uh, the bench press, right? I always tell clients. Um, like I'm not a big fan of bench presses, bench pressing at all. Because if you do, if you study like how the pectoral muscles, right, when when they fire, right. So for example, even when I, if I stick my arm out and I'm pushing somebody away, my pectoral muscles are getting ready to fire. Even just thinking about it, every single time your pectoral muscles fire, your obliques fire in conjunction with it. And why is that, right? Because if I hold my arm out, let's say I lift up my right arm, right. If you just think about it, like in terms of like weight distribution, why am I not tipping over? Because now my weight's distributed all the way outside away from my body, right? And it's because your obliques start firing to counterbalance the weight. So uh, exercise like the bench press where you're laying flat on your back, it completely takes away the, the obliques from the equation, and it, which is not how you naturally fire the two. So that's why someone who's doing like explosive type exercises or, or something off balance or the, the weights off balance that it'll, you'll see like that type of like real reality strength come into play versus like just kind of like that bench press strength if that makes sense so how so do you think 
CrossFit is a step in a better direction than traditional. It might be explosive, but it's not. What it's is CrossFit exactly, though? It's a cult. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I would, like, I'm legit question. Like, I, what is CrossFit? I don't even know how to describe it, right? <laughs> what? And it, it, it's it, like. It, they, take, they took a lot of exercise modalities, right? A lot of, like, interesting modalities. And kind of put it together, and they kind of, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but they have like a lot of time limits on like, you know, how many reps can you do in a certain amount of time? And is it's yeah, calisthenic so. based a lot, I'm guessing? No, it's, oh, it's like, like Olympic like, lifts. They're Olympic and, lifts, yeah. Okay. So, like, my, my thing is like, as, uh, as a, being in the, the fitness health industry or whatever, um, anything that gets you moving, I think is good. Like, if you get out there moving, it's when the, uh, it's when certain things start maybe start risking your health that's when i start having a problem with it and, and the bad thing about crossfit is um it just has a very high uh injury uh, rate with a lot of like um, people yeah I mean, there's like a long I'd... longevity to like your joints or i mean i know that's with a lot of stuff but yeah. i always hear about I the main injury that i saw a lot was uh was like one was like uh, a lot of a lot of research studies were done on like the biceps just exploding <laughs> from from overuse wow. um, that was one that was i saw a couple of research articles done on that it's something i've learned recently uh watching a lot of this one um physical therapy you've probably seen them on instagram move they're called move you yeah yeah i'll follow them yeah too. so i'm i'm uh so i'm doing the, their program i'm like six months in and right. Their whole thing is stop uh, pretty much if you want to benefit most of the program, like, so it's for people that are in pain, obviously, like your typical physical therapy, like you have this issue, but their thing is, let's not just focus on the fact that your shoulder hurts, let's fix the entire body, because it's not just your shoulder that's messed up. Yeah. So their whole thing is stop any physical activity you're doing for at minimum, at least a month, do the program for the month, and then if you see improvements. So I stopped playing basketball because every time I would play basketball, like I'd be fine playing. It's for the next week afterwards, I'm like knees, bat, lower back, everything. So I did their, their one month. And within that one month, I was like completely just seeing changes. Like, for example, the, the arch of my right foot finally getting its form back from just being flat, stuff like that. Um, so I definitely think taking a step back to like not add that additional strain if you're trying to make improvements. Um, it's definitely definitely important. You guys you guys know who Faraz Zahabi is? Faraz Zahabi. Sounds familiar. Sounds, yeah, I'm not sure. He's George St. Pierre's uh, coach. So GSP. Um I know who GSP is, okay. Yeah, so that's his that's his head coach. And the guy is like a genius when it comes to training. Um and uh it's funny because like I, I got I got to go up to Montreal and spend some time with him. Like he invited me up. And I got to like talk a lot about like philosophy in terms of like training, and I got to meet GSP too when he was uh, when I was up there, which was really cool. And we had like a forty-five minute discussion on like whether or not jogging was beneficial to fighting or not, which is really cool. <laughs> um, I'm gonna but, need to know that answer after this. <laughs> but uh, Faraz, um, he did a Joe Rogan podcast that got a lot of um, views, and he was basically talking about how uh the way he views training is like volume um 
is more important than like uh going all out right so oh i did see that i do know who you're talking about is it yeah i do know is that the guy that does lethway too he fights lethway is that what it's called uh is does what sorry is it lethway i don't even know if i'm saying it right but it's the 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 it's like muay thai but it's not gloves they like wrap oh no 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 No, he, he he does uh, jujitsu and okay. you know, never mind. But like I do music. remember what you're talking about. He was talking about doing um, instead of doing like a hundred reps of something, kind of yeah. doing less reps throughout the week, so you're not taking days off necessarily. Something like but that. He was saying like, let's say you do like, uh, let's say you have seven days to work out every week, right? And you you do, let's say, uh, ten pull-ups. You know, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you've done thirty pull-ups now because you do, let's say 10 is the max you can do you're completely worn out right and then you, you need tuesday to rest and then wednesday you go do another 10 you need you need time to recover right so totally you're doing 30 right opposed to doing three pull-ups every day for example for seven days right now your volume is 21 so you're getting more out of it you know if you're lowering the reps and not going all out i think that's how you build that farmer strength <laughs> yeah I, I just think like for for me, like what I've what I've noticed, like as I got older, like a lot of the weightlifting stuff you really don't need. If you enjoy it, great, do it. But like you really don't need it, like unless you're going to go out there and like. <laughs> when I started Muay Thai, I I canceled my gym membership. Hmm. Yeah. So like you don't really need a lot of the the heavy weights and stuff. And a lot of that came from like the '80s, you know, '90s. Like we see guys like Arnold and like Sylvester Stallone. Like look at the action stars now; they don't look nothing like that. So I think that yeah. like it's just a cultural thing, um, but it definitely wears down the body. Like, so I'm a, I'm a fan of like volume and uh, not like killing yourself if you don't need to. I think certain athletes have to, right? Because you got to be put, I think it's good for everybody to get put to that, to that test, of, like how far can I push myself? But if that's like your routine every day, I don't think that's sustainable. That's over the long run, right? Like how it really just wears on your body. Those guys who've lifted that's their whole bit. lives. Oh, yeah, that's CrossFit. <laughs> there you go. Like, let's go all the way. And they got like the whole, yeah. you know, cult cheering you on until you blow out your bicep. Well, that's why I, I like the training. I mean, especially in Muay Thai, but just boxing as well, jujitsu, that type of workout, man, it's just yeah, something else. Yeah. yeah. You're doing something that applies to life, too. Very true. So what are you doing? Um as far as with this quarantine, I know you said it has affected business, but not only business wise, just, you know, with you and your own fitness and your own mental health, are you just kind of doing your own? Like, I know it doesn't seem, sound like you're a guy to go into the gym and lift weights anyway. Probably everything you're doing is just, you can probably do in the backyard, huh? Yeah. You know, this coronavirus sucks. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> yeah, well, it's not, it's not fun at all. Um, it's definitely killing my, uh, my workout routine too. I love going to the gym and just like, you know, doing jujitsu. And usually that's how like I would, I would stay. In that's shape the biggest thing I miss is getting back into the gym with the guys, man. Yeah, man. It's like, this sucks. Um, and then the worst part is when this is all over, when you get back, it's like, nope, you got to get into a routine of fighting people, you know, like, and then when you, yeah. you don't feel like getting smashed today, you know, like it's just something you got to build a tolerance to. So that's, that's not what, that's the part that I'm not looking forward to, but I definitely miss it um i've been doing a lot of bike riding running um you know which i typically didn't do before uh so that's something kind of like new that started and you're um, in maryland right 
Yeah. yeah so, so did they they still got the parks open for you guys? Uh, I got like a trail by my house. Okay. So I just go running that Rockledge Drive. Um, got it, got it. And, yeah, because I'm in LA and they've closed that. I mean, I'm hoping that at the end of the week they open some of the parks. But yeah, the same. I just go to like a small little the, lot. The parks there. are open. So like you, like the, the playgrounds themselves, like the actual jungle gym, like that's, they got ta- they're taped up. Right. And they don't really care like in our area if you're actually at the park as long as you're not having a party and you're not crowd yeah. or not in other places i've seen like in the city maybe closer to like the bethesda and they're like just closing the park because it's, it's easier to just close it because they know people are going to come congregate dude when's the gym open back up then because if all the social distancing i mean jujitsu you're literally rolling on top of the person like yeah like um, what are I, like real like i know no one can really say realistically that's like the million dollar question right it's like when do we go back but it's like Damn, yeah, man. probably towards the tail end of like things the year? I feel like, for the gyms. So like yeah. the end of the year, you're thinking, or before? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> That's the question. I read, I read that the gyms were gonna be one of the first things that opened up though, because of lobbyists. Like I was reading a couple mm-hmm. articles. On oh there, really? There a lot of lobbyists that were pushing for a lot of the gyms to open up right away. So they were actually seeing that that those were gonna. But those are gonna be like they might make it mandatory. Gyms, right? They might make yeah. it like mandatory to like cleaned equipment every to every use now the gym that i was at like right before the shutdown happened that's what they were doing like every like yeah. it was like 45 minutes or something they were like wiping down everything and they were keeping like a lot of uh, distance between clients but mixed martial arts man you're trying to get close to the guy <laughs> yeah, the, problem, the problem is when they, they come out with these like orders right it just falls in the, falls under one category yeah. so that's like, yeah. something yeah. the gyms are gonna have to figure out but because think about it, even even kicking a bag, right? Like if you kick a bag, you're gonna you have to wipe, wipe down, down that whole bag. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that can be done. Yeah, yeah then, business wise, uh, I've been uh, mostly just kind of like doing video video um, sessions with clients, but I don't do like the full hour because uh, I don't know. Like with the video session, I feel like your attention span is a lot short, a lot more short. Like personally, I wouldn't want to do an hour video long session, so I've just been doing thirty minute sessions with clients. Um, and then I, I've, I've met with a couple like athletes, you know, out in the field a couple times. Um, but the one thing that we we were planning on doing, uh, and it, this whole quarantine thing kind of sped it up, was we were doing like uh, trying to come up with a corporate wellness program for like large businesses. So uh, that's what we're kind of gearing things towards right now. We've been kind of like um, putting together. We we've been talking to a couple of companies where they have a lot large population of people working from home. So just doing like a 30 minute session where they log on and we do like a, a neural movement session where we're doing a lot of the cognitive reactionary stuff. That was a tricky part was coming up with cognitive reactionary stuff to do over the video with large groups, but we came up with some stuff. And I think especially with this COVID thing, like people are getting depressed. Um, I think people are realizing how important it is to exercise. That's what I'm hoping like after this people, because you know, the, the people who are at the highest risk are people with underlying issues people are overweight yeah. diabetes those are ones that are like getting hit the hardest so hopefully this will no, I, mean, I see it i see it amongst myself i mean with myself i mean i i go out more now <laughs> before yeah. i mean i've always worked from home but now it's like i'm finding an excuse to leave the house and just go out um yeah man you gotta my, my mind's right you gotta stay stay active stay busy i remember i was reading this one research article they did on um elderly people in a retirement home and they were comparing like levels of activity and cognitive processing, right? So uh, they saw like they were even comparing uh, 
uh, uh, people who are just sitting on the couch all day. Like literally they're just on the couch watching TV the entire day. Those that fidgeted versus those who didn't had significantly better cognitive processing than, than than the ones who weren't moving at all. So just fidgeting in itself is enough to get the brain start firing. Um, so that's dope. It's really, I mean, but I obviously, like you want to get out and move. The more you move, the better your brain works. That's just how yeah. it works. Yeah. But yeah. That's interesting, man. Reactionary stuff to me. Now you just got me thinking of like the animal kingdom, all types of stuff, like when it comes <laughs> to reaction times. But when, yeah. would yeah. you have me, th- I had a question. So this is a slightly skewed from fitness, but still has to do with what you're talking about earlier when you were saying like the Wall Street dudes or, you know, people who aren't directly related to combat sports or high level sports. Um, yeah. Say like a chess player, right? Say like this guy plays chess and uh, I don't even know what speed chess is that the one where they hit the little clock and they, they got to go yeah, really yeah, fast. Yeah. Like, um, so someone like that could come to you and say, hey, I want to train my reaction time this for this specifically, and you would come up with something, you know? Yeah, so like, like I said, it doesn't matter what you do for a living or like what your passions are. Um, like I always ask, what, what, what do you do for a living and what's your passion? Because that's the way we're going to design the exercise. So for example, like a chess player, right? A lot of it's just spatial awareness, like understanding spacing, right? And in, in, uh, ex- what we call executive functioning, like putting things in order in your brain and uh coming up with kind of like a plan right so those are those would be the aspects that would train like a chess player i worked with a lot of like like actors and stuff in in uh, new york um and so a lot of what i would do with them was memory based so that they can remember their lines and a lot of it a lot of the other stuff that i would do with them was geared towards um eye gaze right so being able to uh stay focused on the focal point while still processing information because if you think when they're on set they gotta be able to like yo this is cia stuff yo i'm yeah. telling you bro <laughs> that's yeah. what it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like some matrix like programming that's the next level i think of of fitness this is gonna be the next wave of fitness like and that's that's what i'm trying to do is i want to get a jump start on that right so you'll see like the fitness industry, the fitness world kind of goes through different like trends, right? Uh, yoga was a huge trend, Pilates, CrossFit, you know, jujitsu was one, right? Um, weightlifting, kettlebells, TRX, right? There's always this like new thing that comes out. But the, 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 in my opinion, the next shift is going to be cognitive reaction training because there's only so, so fast you can get someone to run. There's only so strong you can get a human being to be, but the mind is like a, a limitless potential. How fast can you process that information, right? How quickly can you respond to what you're, what you're seeing? And then creativity comes into play, right? So like, that's another aspect we implement to our programs. This was the, the hardest part for me to figure out. It took me years to figure this out, is how do you implement creativity into like, uh, like an athlete or somebody, right? How do you train that? And, um, and if you look at it, that's like the biggest difference maker when it comes to like, performance for humans right so for example i always give this example of how important creativity is is uh like someone like kareem abdul jabbar right so kareem i think there was a point where like he was just dunking on everybody right and nobody has seen people dunking like that so the nba was like you know what this is just unfair we're gonna make the dunk illegal so i think there was like one year that the dunk was like illegal either in like college or nba no way for real yeah look it up i'm pretty sure and then so the dunk got taken away 
And so he had to come up with a new way to score. So he developed the sky hook, right? And then he started scoring more. The famous sky hook. Yeah, so the, he, he had to be creative, right? He had to come up with a new way to score, still get those numbers. And he came up with a more efficient way to score. And then the NBA realized, okay, his numbers are just going up and our ratings are going down. Let's bring back the dunk. And then the dunk got brought back. I don't know if it was the NBA or NCA, but it was yeah, it's it's an NCA NCAA from 1967 to 1976, bro. That's ten yeah. years, damn near a decade. No one could die. Yeah, see? What's and, that about? <laughs> and then uh, there's also the classic example of the the high jump in the Olympics, right? So initially, everybody used to go over head first. Uh, 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 yeah, no feet first. Sorry. So when they take the pole and they vault over the thing. And then one guy was like, you know what? I'm going to go head first. And he went yo, backwards. He, went, he, he had to be in a crazy mind. Like, yo, yeah, I'm going like, to just dive with my head first. Yeah, time. people were like, this dude's nuts. But he shattered all the world records because by throwing his body over head first, it allowed him to clear so much more space than going feet first. Now, how does everybody do it? Don't tell me everybody goes head first. Everyone goes head Nobody really? goes feet first anymore. Yeah, no, it, it's just not efficient compared to going ahead for it. So he changed the entire sport and he came up with that one, that one switch. So, wow. so creativity, creativity is like the, the, the biggest thing I think like that, that sets apart guys like Michael Jordan or Floyd Mayweather. You're right. Cause it's so interesting. Like when you think about how they played basketball back in the day versus how they play yeah. now, just the crossovers, the movements. And there's always like a Allen Iverson. There's always like an innovator that comes with some, a yeah, little, okay, you know, uh, Look at James Harden. He's just like hacked the system, right? That step yeah. back, just killing, killing the entire league off of that. What about so. Anthony Mason with his? Remember his? Uh, he was the guy from Charlotte who shot with both of his hands over his head. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony Mason. Larry Bird used to do that too. So there's like always, uh, you know, the creativity aspect. I think comes into play a lot. And I'll tell clients a lot. You know, when it comes to creativity, it's uh, like what is creativity? It's it's, it's basically like. Um, is when you put constraints on something, right? And you have to come up with a solution. So the more the more constraints you have on on uh, on an issue or or whatever you're doing, the more constraints you put on it, the more creative you have to be to kind of like come up with a, a solution, right? And think about that in daily life. Like there was a story that Kobe Bryant went to like the ABCD camp, I think the Adidas camp, and he did the entire camp with his left hand. I heard uh, Kevin Hart telling the story, and he did the entire camp. The entire camp, he did his left hand. Wow. He put a constraint on himself, right? So these are, these are all, like, aspects that, you know, people throughout history kind of, like, implemented into training, but nobody really knew how to quantify it or, or, or create, like, an entire program off this. So that's kind of, like, what I'm trying to do. I mean, even outside the fitness realm, I mean, I think once, a, once someone understands, like, for me, I'm something I'm still working on. Like, I just – my daily, I operate a lot better when I have too much going on. If I, if I have so much, if I have free time, it's when I don't, I feel like I'm not operating as much. I'm like, oh, I do it later, start procrastinating. But when I, when I know what I have to do. You're a maniac. That's obsessive. It, <laughs> it's like, I know what I have to do now. And it's like, I, I gotta, I gotta get it done and I find a way to do it. It's like, I just know how to operate versus, and then trying to realize that by taking something that I, I, let's say I can, I can do on the last day needs to be done versus, Hey, why don't I chunk? Why don't I spread this out in smaller bits? Sort of like the same thing you were saying with, you know, don't take those off like that one trainer was saying, don't take those off days, spread it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So even like in just its mindset too, you know? Everybody's different. Like that's the thing, like when we're working with clients, right? Um, you know, trying to get someone to, to perform the best that they possibly can. You gotta understand like not everybody's built the same or, or does things the same way. Like like some people they need to be overstimulated, right? To to kind of get them like working at their optimum. Some people need to be understimulated. They they don't they can't take too much like stimulation, right? So it's always trying to find like what works best for for that person and how that aligns with their goals and like what they want to do. You know, speaking yeah. to individuals and specific people. So when I was going down your page, right, I came across this video. First thing I hear, Nirvana teen spirit, right? So I'm already locked in. But then <laughs> I see this this white dude with long hair looking like a straight medieval dude with this giant like foam sword and i don't mean like a regular size sword like a like a katana it was like times two and you guys were swinging these swords that was yeah, you right man, swinging swords with this guy that's my guy that's my guy oh he's that's official my guy up in New York. so so there's a sport man I, i'm gonna get mad if i mess this up um i forgot the name uh something with the h i think it's actually it's, it's a form of sword fighting uh from the medieval ages and they actually have competition and stuff. So, so that guy. It was uh, like the Excalibur sword. Like that's yeah, the no, size Bilal that I'm trying to tell you. It's like not <laughs> it's a giant sword. So that's my dude, man. That guy, he came in and he went, he went to, he saw what I was doing with fighters and stuff. And he competes in these competitions for like sword fighting. And uh, he was like, I want to get my reaction time faster for competition. And so I tweaked all the training towards his, his sport and like the competition rules. And we were trying to see if we can get like his strikes and with a sword faster. And it was cool because like, man, I, I love meeting people who love what they do and they don't care what like other people think, right? And so that's my we're in best a boxing thing in the world. I love that. <laughs> we're, we're in a boxing gym, right? And there's these like jack dudes in there, like you know, they're straight up like boxers, you know. And this guy comes in with his swords, right, to do work, and and he comes in we. We couldn't really use the the actual sword because like the instrument that had to record reaction time weren't picking it up. So we had to modify them. So we're using a baseball bat. And so I'm doing all these exercises with a baseball bat in the boxing gym up in New York. And uh, you know, people would look like, you know, what what's this guy doing? Yeah, you know? He's getting ready to beat the shit out of somebody with a baseball bat. <laughs> I, I, was up, I was straight up telling him, I was like, if I put you and him in the ring, I would put my money on this guy. Before I put my money on you. Does he get the bat? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, he's definitely. He gets <laughs> like, I was like, yo, I'll give you a bat, you know, and you go. Yo, that was so dope when I seen that because it was really like, like it's like you're saying, it's a, it's a, it's an ancient art form, right? Like the way he was swinging yeah. the sword, there's really like thought out, thought, legit movements to it all. And you see some of the moves he did in that video. Like, oh, I was, so dope. Like, I was like, damn, like this is like uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Like they need yeah. Like, yeah, straight Game of Thrones so, type. So like when I say I work with like everything, <laughs> like that's even like yeah, sword fighting. You know, like, so it's, it's really yeah, cool. That just popped back in my head. That's why I had to bring it up. That video. Was yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's been, it's been crazy, man. Like I started the business like two years ago. I got to meet a lot of interesting people in two years. Um, like I said, we went as far as Dubai. The thing that we were trying to do in Dubai, which we're still trying to work on is putting together a special needs program um, out there, a drug rehab program possibly, um, and some other like law enforcement type stuff. Uh, and those are the things that we do, we do out here too. So like we, we work with uh, like drug rehab population. Um, we've done like tactical stuff. 
uh, done some stuff with some police officers as well. So those are kind of like our areas that we're kind of like focusing on. So are you, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm meeting you here for the first time, but you know, we'll exchange info if you need any help with anything, you know, I do graphic design, all that type of stuff. So I'd be more than happy to help out with your, uh, with your nice. endeavors, especially when it comes to special needs and drug rehab, you know, all that stuff. I commend you for that too, man, because yeah, I mean, it's crazy how fitness can help so much directly right. and indirectly. I know for me, like depression, right? Just working out, just all that has been so influential just to get me over certain humps. And that's why I love Muay Thai so much. It like changed my life, you know, and that's why these type of intricate, you know, trainings of the mind, I find so fascinating. Like you said, the limitless pill. Like, I feel yeah. like that's really what you're tapping into when you get into these programs. Yeah. You guys remember the app uh, Luminosity? That was the, the one where you trained your brain, right? The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had the... it for a little bit. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was I always like, use it as an example because, like, people like, oh, do you do, like, what Luminosity? I'm like, no, not at all because they actually got sued. I don't know if you, you know that they, they, no, they got I didn't. That's why you don't see them around anymore because um, they're making claims that, oh, this will help you know, cognitive processing is will help you with your focus and this and that, um, which you can't make those claims. Like there's no research to show that those, those games like help with that stuff. And so, you know, I always tell people, be careful when people are talking about like, okay, this, this will help you with like focus. This will help you with memory. Um, this will help you with like your whatever cognitive processing. It, 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 there's really nothing that shows that, that, that does that you know, um, but that's why what we do, I can, I can say that because there's a lot of research that shows exercise helps with those things, right? So I can say, like, I guarantee that your focus and your reaction, because even if I wasn't um, implementing the, the cognitive that we do, right, uh, I know that the exercise for sure is going to have that effect because there's tons of research on it. But at the same time, not to say that, like, I'm I'm, I do certain cognitive stuff is kind of like, you know, falling into the gimmicky realm. Um, we do a lot of research on what, like, what to couple with the exercise to get you to remember better. So, for example, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, memory, right? Like improvements in memory. We'll do like exercises that are geared towards like uh, memory improvements. But uh, there was a couple studies done on balance, and they found that balance exercises significantly improved memory just working on balance. So it affected the same portion of the brain that, that were responsible for memory. And um, so we'll, no, we'll mix those type of things into the, the program, right? So we'll do memory exercises coupled with balance. And if that's what you want to work on as you're working on your memory, we know based off research that this is the outcome that this could happen. Is there any type of, like when you have the connection with memory and balance and um, things of that nature, is there any programs or exercises that have been implemented to say the elderly who have dementia or Alzheimer's or have issues with memory? Is there, I, I know they don't have cures for these diseases, but are there things that have been found to be um, beneficial, you know, to. Yeah, that's like, tough. Cause, cause the uh, Alzheimer's is a, is a degenerative disease, right? It's like actually right. like the brain is like, you know, it um, gets plaqued over like the type yep. of brain plaque pretty much. Yeah. And so that's, 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 uh, that has a lot to do with on the, the physical aspect, right? Um, so there's no, there's nothing out that can, uh, 
kind of like reverse those effects but in terms of like pre preventative stuff like preventing alzheimer's there's a lot of um research that shows like doing things like crossword puzzles and doing things that keep your mind active and get you thinking critically help um deter the effects of alzheimer's as well as exercise so like everything that you see that in terms of like cognitive stuff that shows like okay there's a benefit to it and anything that you see as uh shows like okay benefits of fitness towards the cognitive stuff we just put it all together so that's that's kind of like why not get the most out of the hour that you're working out that's kind of like what I tell people is like, we try to maximize what you're paying money for is like, okay, I want to get in shape. I want to get this out of this workout. Well, we're going to go above and beyond that. And we're going to work on even the cognitive stuff and like implement those. Is it hard for people to, are they kind of skeptical? Cause they're not, it's not, they're not seeing the results. They're not seeing themselves in the mirror. Like, yeah, I'm getting ripped. Like they're, do you, have you run into any people that are like, yeah, okay. I don't see this one working. I've had I've had clients that were skeptical at first, you know, because um, I, I, if you ever do a session with me, you'll see there's a lot of like weird, bizarre stuff that I implement that you typically won't see. Yeah, I mean, I saw the video of uh, the guy doing sprints and then you throwing three discs up in the air, and then as he's running, he's trying to catch all three before they hit the ground. Yeah, yeah. So, like so I was like, damn, that's that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and a lot of the stuff that I show on Instagram isn't like the actual stuff like that we do. Like they'll be that's like, just, that's like, just the, that's just the teaser. Yeah. Like unless you do an actual session, you won't really understand like the level of like the, the type of training that we do. So I, I, I started working when I first started doing this stuff, I had a boxer that I was working with. Um, uh, his name was Jerry Odom. Right. And uh, if you watch like old videos and he, he was on um, show, he would fight a lot on Showtime. And uh, he, he has a very, like, uh, intimidating presence. Like, he's a very serious dude. And I have him doing all this, like, crazy stuff. And I remember he used to get so mad. Like, I thought he was going to punch me in the face one time. He's like, man, you know, he's, like, cursing and stuff. He's like, got me doing this, like, stupid stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, look, dude, just calm down. Like, give it a couple of weeks, right? And I'm like, man, I'm, like, praying. Like, I hope this stuff, like, starts working soon because he's getting, like, frustrated. And he comes back, like, three weeks later, right? Because he's going to take, like, a couple, couple sessions. He's like, yo, Reza, oh my God, man. I don't know what you did to me, but you know, I was driving and like everything slowed down. Like I guess <laughs> like, everything moving in slow motion. I was like, what the, you know, is going on right now? And he's like, yo, what are we doing today? And he's all like, let's do it. You know? So I've had, I've had people who are skeptical and then when they do it and they see the results and, mm -hmm. and I think that's the best thing. That's like. Dope is uh when you when you have people that are skeptics or doubters you know as long as your work is like 100 percent and you put in the work and, and you're confident in what you do it doesn't yeah that's matter. important yeah the carryover i mean when all this is over and uh al makes his way back to the east coast we'll we'll definitely definitely get in the session oh yeah yeah man sure. just let me know. i gotta learn to catch kicks quicker <laughs> <laughs> let me know i'm down for sure for sure Man, we appreciate you coming through. That was some interesting stuff. And now I'm going to just think I'm a superhero, me trying to train all my reactionary, <laughs> how quick I can uh, unlock the door or something. I don't know. <laughs> now, yeah. now, now I'm thinking about everything in terms of reaction time. Yeah, you'll start seeing things now. You're like, oh, man, I wonder how I can like, make this quicker. quicker. A tenth of a second quicker. Yeah. <laughs> So what's uh what's like the, what's your, the ultimate goal for for 
for neural movement? Like, where do you see it Man, like, going? Like, but like, what, what do you want it to be? I had like a lot of crazy stuff lined up um, for when like the shutdown happened. I was like really bummed out that I couldn't like execute those things. But now as soon as everything uh, opens back up, I'm gonna be right back on it. Um, I have I have lots of big goals. Like I was saying, like like we don't like me and my business partner, we don't like aim small. We try like go all out. Like I was saying, we try and start stuff in Dubai. Um, so like anytime we we aim for something, we're trying to go for something big. I wanna. Um, my ultimate, ultimate goal is to to change like the fitness industry. In my opinion, I think there's going to be the next wave in like training, and I want to be the the. I, I feel like I got a really strong head start on everybody else. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I've never seen you no know, as in depth as I've seen on your page that type of stuff. I haven't seen that yeah. anywhere. No. I want to. I want to like change the fitness industry. Change how people uh, think about training and exercise. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of like pro athletes and celebrities I still want to work with. Uh, and uh, I want to eventually get like big programs started in, in the industries of um, tactical training. So working with like law enforcement, that's one big thing I want to do. Uh, I want to get a, a special needs, big special needs program going. Um, eventually open it up like maybe my own facility or something geared towards awesome. special needs uh get like some drug rehab stuff going too like i want to start a whole big program you know that that's uh you know up and down the east coast or across the country where we we partnered up with multiple like drug rehab facilities and working with that population group um so yeah there's there's a tons of things that i want to do i've been working on and uh, yeah, that's awesome I mean, it seems like you're it was a personal passion i mean turned business and that's honestly like you're you're on the right path man that's that's where it's uh yeah like man you believe, you won't believe the things i did to kind of like to get cer certain things or or uh you know the type of like hustle that it took to kind of like um get it's my the constant going. it's the con i mean as, as for as long as i've known you i've only known you through like the means of some like physical activity it's like basketball yeah. uh be, be, maybe like a couple of times with face but like it's always either basketball or like a couple of times I came to, uh, to the BJJ, uh, sessions you were doing at, uh, the community center. Yeah, man, we were, I was, I'm teaching, I was teaching classes, jujitsu classes at, uh, Al Huda on Saturday morning. So if you guys ever want to come. Is that what, is that what Akba? Yeah. Yeah. So Saturday okay. mornings I teach the, the class there. So if you guys ever want to come through, I'm there, okay. you know, awesome. the class and stuff. There's actually this one interesting guy. Maybe we get you two on a podcast together. Uh, Ryan Miller. Uh, oh, yeah. He works. He works with um, veterans um, that have PTSD. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, nice. So he cool. runs this uh, evac operation evac. So it's educating veterans about cannabis. He's from the Oakland area. So oh, nice. he's he's pretty much he's a veteran himself. Um, he has these different programs just geared towards community outreach for specifically for veterans but you know anybody with mental illness comes yeah. to his type of stuff he's a young guy i know him only because when i lived in san francisco so since i do graphic design when i lived in the bay area i was working at this clothing company and he just happened to be a cousin of the, the business partner and yeah man sometimes we'll, we'll we should get you guys on together that'd be interesting yeah because he was talking about um part it's part of his thing it's like getting them active you know a lot of them just they're they're in this like rut and they're they're not 
they don't have any physical activity they they don't have any social life so kind of just like working those different areas he was talking a bit about um the physical activity so definitely want to I, I i see those lights and i'm always like <laughs> you i'm always like yeah i want to do the lights man because like <laughs> i enjoy fitness to some extent but it's, it's like it's boring to me too you know and i love right. games yeah, yeah. right so i'm like how do i how do I use what I like? You got to hit the lights while you're getting beamed in the face that's with Nerf, ball, Nerf balls. <laughs> that's, the, that's the good thing, man, about the cognizance, though, because it takes your mind and puts it on something external. You yeah. Know, on the movement so much. So, you know, it's uh, like the Frisbee exercise I was doing. Like, I love using Frisbees for uh, like cardio training because it's better than just running on a treadmill. Yeah, that already sounds like I get, so much I always, fun. I always, joke, I always get the joke like when I first introduced it to clients, like, "What you want me to fetch like a dog?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> running, better than running on a wheel like a hamster." Like, <laughs> ah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good true. analogy right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd say no. Fetch it like a hyena. <laughs> you still do jujitsu? Yeah, man. I uh, I try. I was try. I was just. I took a little bit of a break from it because I was so busy. Um, but then I started getting back into it, and then the stupid lockdown happened. Yeah, I know. But I actually put I actually put um, mats up in my my extra bedroom upstairs. Nice. And uh, you know, I've been trying to teach my wife. <laughs> <laughs> You're rolling with the wife. Yeah, it's not, it's not really like you know. <laughs> hey, that ends bad or ends good. <laughs> working out. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you a question real real quick before you leave, since I got you here. So this is like a selfish question. So like. Ever since I stopped training Muay Thai, right, my knee has been feeling weird. The tendon on the back of my knee, specifically on the right side. And mm -hmm. the more I work out, the more I work it, I feel like it's getting better. But um, do you have, and like without obviously any x-rays or anything, like even looking at it, but is, does that sound like uh, something you're familiar with or like is it like or should i take it easy and let it heal is that because i mean time has passed and it's gotten better but do i keep going at the pace i'm going because i mean it's not like debilitating i'm just you're saying it's, it's acting up when you're not moving like yeah when like when i get active. like yeah so if i get out of bed in the morning or if i sleep on it we're like but if i'm after a workout during a workout i see last week i was consistent with my training so i'm good this week so I'm yeah. just like, what the, was it the whole time the Muay Thai was just keeping it fine or is, you know what I mean? It's hard to, I don't know. Yeah. If it's, uh, if it's feeling better when you're moving, maybe you have like some kind of like tightness somewhere and then when you're not active, it gets tight. And so it starts aggravating the area. Yeah. Cause when I Muay stretch was... to my right side, it's fine. I can touch my toes. When I stretch to my left side, sitting down, leg extended and I point my foot, you know how you point yeah, that foot yeah. towards you that's when i kind of feel like oh it gives me a little bit of i feel like the tug in it yeah if you're, if you're not doing muay thai now just stretch it yeah. like and see if that helps because yeah because i'm not kicking or anything like like before yeah, I, was pads, I was getting that shit out and now i'm like oh, yeah. it's all like inside me <laughs> yeah i would say it's probably you know you're getting tightness okay, somewhere word. well yeah i figured i'd ask you about that <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to when this all ends. This is crazy. Dude, yeah. yeah, that's an understatement, man. We're ready to. I mean, I'm already an introvert. That's what my girl was saying today. She's like, you don't go anywhere anyway. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But like, I do go to the beach. Now that, but now that you can't go anywhere, it sucks. it's like, damn, man. Like, For me, it's just the beach in the park, bro. 
Like I like LA with no traffic. <laughs> like I feel like I'm experiencing like a glitch how, in the matrix. Like how is this? I've seen pictures, right? How is it actually? Does it look like those pictures? Just clear skies? Yeah, it's clear. It's, like, clear, it's not like no, no pollution. No it's like I was in LA last last year. I think it was a year ago, and I liked it out there. It was like nice. Bro, nice LA is great. I mean, I'm moving back to the East Coast because my parents are old, and I just I just need to be there. Um, but I love LA, man. Super expensive, but super fun. Yeah, it's crazy. But the food everywhere was really good. Yeah, that's the thing with me. I don't do too much except like I might hit some food spots, go to the beach. I just enjoy the weather. Yeah. It's like a certain vibe to like just like I'm like planted here now, but I, I gotta come back. Yeah, we did we did work in LA and New York and my business partner like put it like perfect. He was like, LA is where all the cool kids move to like you, you know in your high school like the prom queen prom king you know the jocks they all move to la and then new york's where all the creepy weird kids go pretty much yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's <laughs> like, a good that's, example that's the best like analogy i heard yeah, yeah. New York's crazy, man like stuff you see there i'm just like oh dude subway creatures around. that's all that's yeah. the page you gotta follow oh yeah no, i follow them no, I my follow boy them. got on that page my boy drew young man he got a uh he had he got a video on the subway of a rat eating out of this guy's mouth you guys might have um, seen it yeah no i definitely uh, <laughs> i remember that yeah that was my boy he and it went viral it was crazy because like he uh subway creatures posted it and like it's wild when your video goes viral because people hit you up trying to buy it from you oh really yeah because they're like uh, when it's stuff like that that's outrageous like companies like viacom or like that wasn't who hit him up but companies like of that nature will hit him up to be like hey we want to buy the rights on this because then they'll submit it to like ridiculousness I feel like, or, I feel like you know shows pull like it that. Off and just record it anyway like you know just pull the recording just post, repost yeah, it yeah but the minute but, it gets onto a syndicated yeah. thing like a tv network or something anything uh, that's syndicated, they have to pay for it yeah, yeah. Really? i didn't know that yeah. anything like tmz all those guys anything that they're using like it's paid for to some extent content nowadays is currency no way um yeah awesome. man I, when i get back out there i'm looking forward to training with you too so i'm sure we'll talk before that though yeah and, let me know um, you get i'll have you. bilal shoot you my information so if you need anything else graphic wise just reach out cool cool yeah just let me know when it's like uh when you guys like published it that way i can like put it on the website and stuff too yeah yeah for, for sure. sure for sure cool cool all, all right, right guys thanks take care, take care.